Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. I had to get a pew Bible because as I was standing here and looking at the monitor back there, and I'm saying, there's no way I'm going to read that thing. Those letters are about that tall. (laughs) Hear now the word of the Lord. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go on before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when evening had come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed and waves for the wind was contrary. And in the froth, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out in fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. In the story of creation found in the book of Genesis, we read where Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit, something which had been specifically denied to them. Knowing that God was searching for them, they attempted to hide. It is a scene perhaps reminiscent of many of our childhoods. When we had done something wrong and we were not supposed to do, and we literally hid from our parents. Finally, God finds them as we know he will. For after all, where can you go and hide from God? God asked them why they were hiding. You remember the response that Adam gave. Because I was afraid. I think this very poignant story reminds us of fear. It's such a basic thing to who we are as humans. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time, to the human existence. To be human is to experience fear. There seems to be no limit to our fears. In Peanuts cartoon strip, Charlie Brown sets to Lucy for a nickel's worth of psychiatric help. She proceeds to pinpoint his particular fear. Perhaps, she says, you have hypergynophobia, which is a fear of responsibility. Charlie Brown says, no. Well, perhaps it is allophobia, which is a fear of cats. No. Well, maybe you have climacophobia, which is a fear of staircases. No. Exasperated, Lucy says, well, maybe you have pantophobia, which is the fear of everything. She says, yes, that's it. That's the one. Sometimes we feel like we are afraid of everything. We are afraid of ourselves. We are afraid of people. We are afraid of the future. We are afraid of the past. We are afraid of life, and we are afraid of death. 
Every person, every Christian, must find, must fight their own fears. Even Paul, the sturdy Christian warrior, had to do so. Paul had fallen flat on his face in Athens. He had expected, he did exactly what he intended not to do. And in his, his own eyes, he had failed. He wrote of his arrival in Corinth. For when we came to Macedonia, we had not rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings and within were fears. Paul was full of fears, just like you and me. The fear of inadequacy, the fear of failing. But perhaps the most surprising fear of many people, and one that we do not like to address, is the fear of God. It is the fear that God is not really on our side. It is the fear that God will put us out on a limb and leave us there. It is the fear that in the midst of the storm, we will be overcome. It's not a new idea. One of the great fears of the ancient people was that God would fall asleep. Can you imagine such a thing? When the prophets of Baal could not get their gods to rain down fire upon the top of Mount Carmel, Elijah taunted them. Maybe your God was asleep. On the other hand, the Jews took great comfort in the fact that God of Israel had neither slumbered nor slept. Over and over again, the message of the Bible was, fear not. When Abraham took his family to the promised land, he feared that he was turning his back on everything he knew, his security for the unknown. God spoke to him, fear not, Abraham. I am your shield, and I will reward you greatly. When the Jews stood on the Red Sea and could see the prophets, the Pharaoh's chariots coming down on the horizon, they cried out that they would all be slaughtered. Moses said to them, stand still, fear not, and see the salvation of the Lord. When the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said that she would hear that she would bear a child, she trembled with fear. What would become of her? Said the angel, fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. First, I would say to you that we must confront our fears. We pay a price when we don't deal with them. I was raised in a generation, the baby boomers, that had to live for years with the ultimate fear, thermonuclear war. People lived in fear that there would be a war with Russia. As a child, I distinctively remember believing that the world might come to an end. Over 500,000 bomb shelters were built during a three-year period in America. What is the result of raising an entire generation of children of fear? I'll tell you. It was my generation that started the drug and sexual revolution. And I know that it's a complex issue, but I truly believe that many people took the attitude, well, what difference does it make? We're all going to die anyway. Might as well have some fun before we go. 
Morals were thrown out the window, and many became fatalistic. I will always believe that we paid a terrible price, a social price, in America because we did not adequately deal with our national fear during the mid-60s. Excuse me. Kind of rough standing there when you know that relief is six feet away. Simon Peter is out on a boat crossing the Lake of Galilee. After a long day, the crowds earlier, after a long day with the crowds. Earlier that day, he saw Jesus take up the bread and the fish and feed 15,000 people. Now he's stepping out, tempting the storm. He's successful for a moment, but the situation gets the best of him. Fear rises and his body sinks. Over and over again, the message of the Bible is clear. Fear not. Fear not. Over 70 times this is mentioned in the scriptures, more than any other human condition. Do you realize that? So if you have your fears, trust me, you are not alone. Paul is writing to the young disciple Timothy, said, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and power and of sound mind. Once we have grasped the most basic understanding, then we can go about dealing with our fears. That's the first step. Confronting our fears, seeing that they are putting their, seeing that they are there and putting in their place the spirit of God, who replaces them with a sound mind of love and power. We are not powerless in the midst of the storm. We have the spirit on our side. I can hear God whispering in the, Peter's ear, quit letting your imagination magnify your fears. The storm is furious, but I am greater still. And I would remind you that the 500,000 bomb shelters built in the US not one of them was ever used. Harness your imagination. Don't let it harness you. So first we must confront our fears, walk out of the boat to Christ. And second, we must understand that too much doubt can sink us. Charles Kettering, the one-time research head of General Motors said, when he wanted a problem solved, he would place a table outside the meeting room with a sign, leave slide rules here. For those of you who don't know what a slide rule is, it's what we now call a calculator. <laughs> if I didn't do that, I'd find someone reaching for his slide rule, and then he'd be on his feet saying, boss, you can't do it. I can see the other disciples in fear of the storm that is torturing the boat, in fear of the ghost walking on the water. Exhausted from a long day of feeding the masses, Peter, you can't do that. We don't know who that is out there on the water. It's a hallucination. Is it the devil? 
God knows. But it, but what it is, but Peter, you can't do that. But Peter does. I don't know for how long, but Peter walks on the water toward Jesus. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, you can make me walk on the water. Did you see that? Peter is walking on the lake at this point. The point he wants to confirm is that the ghost on the water is Jesus. Jesus can make him walk. A ghost will only make him wet. Peter knows that the Lord can sustain us even in the midst of the storm. When there is nothing but uncertainty, he will, not, he will take care of you. But I want you to know that faith is risk-taking enterprise. It does not come in a perfect package. I often find myself caught midway between faith and doubt. Peter gets caught between Christ and the crest of the waves. He doubts his walk. He fears the storm. And he falls beneath the waves. This is a great tale of which church can accomplish if we put our faith in Christ. But it is also a story about our weaknesses. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was the first author, author to alert the West to this horrible realities he experienced in Stalin's labor camps. Solzhenitsyn said that only once during his long imprisonment in the labor camp in the Soviet Union did he become so discouraged he thought about suicide. He was doubtless on a work detail, and when he had reached the point where he could no longer care whether he lived or died, and when he had a break, he sat down, and a stranger sat beside him, someone he had never seen and before and would never see again. For no apparent reason, the stranger took a stick and drew a cross on the ground. Solzhenitsyn sat and stared at the cross for a long while. He later wrote, staring at the cross, I realized that therein lies freedom. At that point, in the midst of the storm, he received new courage and that he had the will to leave, to live. The storm did not end that day, though, but through Jesus, Solzhenitsyn found the strength to ride it out. I don't know what storm of life will come your way this week, or what storm you may be enduring at this very moment. But I know this, even as the storm rages around you, if you will listen to it very carefully, with your heart, you will hear a gentle voice calling to you. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And in time, the storm will pass, and Jesus will still be there. Secondly, we must remember that regardless of what happens, God will be with us wrote the psalmist, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Well, let me ask you, where else are you going to go? If the Dow drops tomorrow to 30,000, God is still going to be the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If we go to war tomorrow, God is going to be the same. God does not change. 
if you get a medical report where you are where you are going to go God is going to be the same nothing has truly changed in his Pulitzer Prize winning book The Denial of Death Ernst Becker says that so many of the fears that we grapple with the fear of rejection, abandonment, failure, separation, loss are but manifestations of the one-time fear, of the ultimate fear, and that is the fear of death. Perhaps he is right. How do we overcome the ultimate fear? Faith. It is the only antidote that will exercise the demons of fear that can haunt us. I think it is telling that when Peter stepped out onto the lake, he walked on the water, became terrified, and started to sink. Jesus later asked him why he doubted. Why didn't his faith carry him across the water to Jesus' side? It was fear. Fear crept in and doubt began to rise and Peter began to sink. It's the story of our life, isn't it? In the boat, we are safe and we are on occasion, are willing to brave the storm and walk on the water and do the impossible through our faith. It is then suddenly realized the wind is in our face, the storm is raging, it causes fear and doubt creeps. Our faith is fragile thing. The story is told of old Bishop Warren. Warren Chandler, after whom the School of Theology in Emory University is named. He lay down on his deathbed and a friend inquired as to whether or not he was afraid. He says, please tell me frankly, do you fear crossing the river to death? Why, replied Chandler, I belong to the Father who owns the land on both sides of the river. In life there are storms, but God is with us. This is our great salvation and hope. I want to urge you to know that God cares, even if you are mobilized by some fear in your life. But there comes a time when, like everyone, everything else, you must place your fear at the foot of the cross and then lean back into the arms of the everlasting and gracious God. Then we too can echo the words of the old hymn, God will take care of you. He will take care of you. Amen. <laughs>